Hello one, hello all, welcome to a brand new edition of Nerds That Speak, a podcast that is hosted by Nerds That Geek, one that will likely be monthly and not every week, and one that we hope that you find on fleek. Ooh, I did that in one breath. Look at that. Might have practiced it, might have not have, but either way, I see impressiveness in the room. Look at that. Did you like that? You quit. Oh, well, then have a great day. Thanks for joining us for uh, the inauguration Nerds That Speak. We are, uh, we are changing names a little bit. Moving on to new things and things that brand a little differently, so we're going to try to make this a more traditional podcast than we have in the past. And I am joined today by the actual Baron of B-Movies, Mr. Scott Edwards. How are you, Scott? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. And we also brought on, as a special guest to kick off this new chapter in podcasting for us, the one, the only, 303 Ninja, Mr. Josh Hawks himself. Hey, I'm over here. He is. He's over here, across the room from me. Yes. Sitting in a chair. He's Thank so you. far away. I know. And I couldn't throw anything out, that far. Touch. It's just ridiculous how far out he is. So it is. Uh, it has been a hot minute since we podcasted, and that is. Uh, it's actually part of the reason to change. I think going to a monthly format makes a little more sense than doing um, every single week because sometimes you just can't. People get sick. People uh, need sleep. Well, I mean, food, life, all those things. Life happens. Exactly, life happens. That's always the fun part, to say the least. But uh, yeah. So with that in mind, um, how you guys been? We need to catch up. How's everybody been? Well, let's start with Josh. Yeah, what's new, Josh? What you been doing? Oh, you know, just running the uh, the Points of Interest podcast network. Yes. Doing the things that we do. Um, we are actually getting ready to uh, cover the Great Philadelphia Comic Con uh, coming nice. up in Very just nice. a couple weeks. Um, we are the official hosts, moderators, and podcast of the show. Pretty awesome. That's uh, quite the honor. Yeah, I, I, that really is. Very honored to uh, get Tip to the cap to you to do uh, what is my going to be my third year. So it's going to be really cool. Otherwise, uh, just, uh, you know, running the network and uh, got the new show, the Points of Interest podcast. Podcast. Um, <laughs> but is it a podcast? <clears throat> yes. Per se. Yes. It is a podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I actually just released uh, what I, I'm now doing seasons of a show. So you're mixing it up, too. There you yeah, go. just kind of mixing it up That's a little wise. bit. That's why. So uh, season two, episode uh, five was released today as we record. So check it out. PointsofInterestPodcast.com. Please do. These guys are awesome. Shame you know, but it's okay for Josh because Josh is awesome and he runs a great network. And he's getting some really cool sponsors from what I hear. So No, those those were just made up. I know. It's just to put you on the spot and make you uncomfortable. So it's a lot more than that. But I those off the off the line jokes we're not gonna do on the air. And how how is the Scotty doing these days? Well, I think the Scotty's doing fine. I've been having a lot of fun on Twitter as of late and uh Dealing a lot more with uh, independent movies. As well you should. Yeah. That's for sure. Trying to make sure they're all getting enough hype and hopefully enough love once they make it on a on a demand platform. And When did you become a baron? I've always been a baron. Oh, I didn't know this. At first I was just a bear, but then I kind of shaved. Oh. And then it turned into a baron. I. Gotcha, because I, I just I just knew you was Scotty. I didn't know you were the Baron of. That's something. going into a hairless world that I don't think we want to venture into at all. That got really weird really quick. Well, oh, just God. for a second, but you know, it, okay, that's cool though. The Baron of B movies. Hey, there's nothing wrong with B movies. I love. No, them. no, they are. Um, I'm very certain everybody in this in this room probably grew up on nothing but them because I know I did. It wasn't for cable and Saturday nights on Channel 2 when they did their horror movies. Oh. Um, right after Tales from the Dark Side Monsters in 86 and 87. Um, that's what was up. My brother and I were a big fan of Dead Heat. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Joe Piscopo, Joe Piscopo baby. Yes. and Treat Williams. I am fairly certain that Shot Factory, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they did a release of that that you can get your hands on now. 
Because those guys would remaster that would be, like that would be everything magical. right now. Um, I, I, would, crazy. I would love that, actually, because even back then, I mean, Vincent Price still scared the hell out of me. And that was he was in a that was a comedy movie, but he still mm-hmm. found a way to be creepy in it. That's what he did, man. Guy lived creepy. Oh yeah, so I, I, I couldn't it. even listen to the Thriller album or the Thriller track back in the day because he had that he had that one bit. Oh yeah, in the yes. middle. Yes, and I'd be like, yeah, it's Thriller, Thriller. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, why is the scary guy talking? I'm scared. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off. The video. The video got me first. Is Vincent Price in the video? Oh, no, but it's just a creepy ass video. Oh. There's some damn good zombies right there, aren't there? Well, yeah, 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 but it's still Vincent Price scared me. That's fair. Does does he still scare you though? Well, he's dead. Well, so can you watch his movies anymore? Oh, well, of course. Okay, but they still—I mean, he, it's something. It's it's a combination of his voice and his cadence mm-hmm. that he—it didn't matter what movie that I have seen him in. He's Vincent Price in all of those movies. As opposed to playing the character he's supposed to be playing, to me he's just Vincent Price. That's very fair. I don't know how you can. Where does the monster of Vincent Price begin and end? That's a good point. So, which is interesting to say the least. And that's a hard one to segue from because we have a different topic for today. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but you know, it, we nerd out. We nerd out. It's not a bad thing. And Vincent Price is freaking awesome. The guy's a legend. Maybe he needs an episode all to himself at some point down the line. Yeah, probably. That's for sure. That's I'm it. a little shocked. The horror fans that you guys are, you haven't done it yet. Um, not with Vincent Price, but we've done other ones, that's for sure. Um, there is an older edition of the former show, The Geek Alert, that did a nice horror piece, and we'll probably do some more. Yeah. I think the time has come for that as we uh, as we keep digging into indies and whatnot. Um, but today, as we relaunch, we are going to talk about, well, it's con season, as, as, as many of you out there know and have probably partaken of, but we are kind of noticing that it's an interesting world than it was five years ago. And we, because I think, well, yeah, we started at the same time, didn't we, Josh? There's a geek and POI. Yeah. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah, same yeah, about, on about, about 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. So we, we started in 2012, the both of us, and um, I think we've seen everything you can see in cons. We've seen the little baby ones grow, like Denver Comic Con going from, you know, 27,000. Going, well, not even, no, going from 15 the to, first year. 12, 15? 12, I'm trying to remember now. 12 or 15 the it, first year. It was year. really low. It was small. It barely mm-hmm. took up the hall that it was in. Yeah. I thought it was more than that. Maybe I'm wrong. We need to check those numbers. But it started off tiny is the key. And now it's a juggernaut. Now it's one of the top in the nation. Um, and we've seen a lot of cons move along. But some interesting things have been happening in the con world in the, in the past year or so. It's almost as though, um, I don't want to necessarily call it hostile exactly, but there's definitely been some interesting changes. Let's not forget that San Diego sued Salt Lake for some issues with infringement rights. Um, and one. And one. That's true, too. They did win that part of it. Um, the details of the case, obviously, one can find online, and we don't want to get into that part necessarily. But just, we want to talk today about how the con world is really starting to evolve, because it's just so different than it was five years ago. Not to mention, I mean, in Denver, we've seen several start to disappear for different reasons. Some for, like you mentioned earlier, life happens. Things have to move on. That's cool. Others that are just starting to fade away, um, like the Mile High Horror Film Festival is one that we love to death. And they had to, unfortunately, um, step away from it for the time being. Hopefully, they come back, but in the here and the now... It's not there, but um, I think really I just want to kind of talk today about what you guys have seen change. I mean, and, I mean it's, it's good and it's bad, but there's definitely been some heavy changes, and it seems like conventions are taking on a, a whole new life. And I don't want to necessarily say that they're becoming a business, but I, I think it's it, it always was. I mean, you pay to go to a con, but I feel like mm-hmm. the, the homeliness of it is kind of disappearing, and I don't know if that's any particular con's fault or 
or what? What are your guys' kind of thoughts on where cons are at these days? Oh, let's see where to start. Where to start? Um, well, I'll start with Denver Comic Con. Say so things have really changed from the first year that Denver Comic Con came into existence to where it's going now. Uh, the biggest thing I think is trying to get more headline stars to attend these events. And even though you know we're not going to be bringing in like the Avengers or any of these huge name stars. We're still going to go after like a big name from Doctor Who and Matt Smith and whoever else was coming from that. Uh, 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 Billy Piper and John Barrowman this year. Yeah, and we did, actually they did get a MCU person this year. They did get Mantis, the gal that plays mm-hmm. her. But that's so still that. that's still not the top tier. That's not your Chris Evans. No, I get your it. Robert Downey Juniors. Yeah, and for Denver Comic Con that makes sense because Denver Comic Con is a sponsor of Pop Culture Classroom, which is trying to actually make money, which most cons don't make money, they lose money. Especially when they bring in these top-tier stars, because they have to pay for everything, including that appearance fee. Yeah, and and a lot of that cash is going to to PCC, which makes sense. So, you know, you don't get those stars, but you're still paying a bunch to get these people here. And what I see is kind of becoming the trend is that autograph price where it used to only be 40 bucks for an autograph is starting to go up to about a hundred bucks. Even for people that you'd be like, wow, I, how would I pay a hundred bucks for a William Shatner signature or something like that? It might be worth it to some people, but for most, I don't know kind of where their priorities are going to be. And that's not, only affecting the fans, that's affecting the local artists that come down to these events. And that's kind of where this topic came up from, because I'm a friend with a lot of artists. I love their work. I would rather spend my money on a piece of original artwork than a William Shatner autograph. Nothing against Shatner. I love him. What I think the problem is, is look at the way most uh, Comic-Cons are set up. You walk through the door, and it's vendors. Vendors are the first thing that people see when they walk through the doors. Mm-hmm. That's wrong, in, in my perspective. It should be artists first. Mm-hmm. Cool. Creators first. Because otherwise, people are going to spend all their money on vendors before they get to the Comic-Con part of a Comic-Con. Right? Yep. I mean, you guys, I don't want to speak for you. Have you been to San Diego Comic-Con? It is on the list, and I keep eyeballing the option to go get a pro badge. But at the same token, I don't. As big as that one is, like, don't get me wrong, we have a I mean, proud to have a giant homegrown convention here in the state of Colorado, but everyone knows that San Diego is as wild as it gets. So I haven't made it yet, but it's on my list of things to do because why not? But it has nothing to do with comics. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, you're right. It's become a promo machine. I think, I know personally, I'm sitting there waiting to see what trailer's going to burst for the next season or whatever show I'm watching or whatever right. movie. When I go to San Diego, my entire coverage mentality changes because like at Denver Comic-Con or, or Emerald City or any place else, it, name the city, put Comic-Con after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, the, the coverage for it, or at least my the way I attack it, is to make sure I get to talk to those artists and or arrange something with a glass blower or whatever, whoever might be there. San Diego, 
you you have to cover it and be like, okay, well, where's the people doing signings, or where's the trailer going to be released, mm-hmm. or you know, where how long am I going to have to wait to get into Hall H, which a long time, which not when you're not when you're the three hundred three ninja, <laughs> you just got to be a ninja. Well, that's the thing. I ninjaed into Hall H one time, nice. just nice. by standing next to the door that said press, and I had a press badge, so it was fine. Mm-hmm. But this lady opened up the door and pointed at my co-host, Francis, and pointed at us and said, you and you, come with me. Okay, where are we going? And next thing you know, I'm in Hall H. Well, you're here, so that means nothing bad happens. That's good. There's I, no torture. I did get pushed around inside Hall H by security, but that's, a, that's another podcast, another episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's where Comic-Cons are going wrong. Put artists first. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just so unique, too, because... To your point, and it, it, this is what becomes so intriguing. I think there, I think there is an issue when it comes to budgeting, and it's kind of been brought up across the board here because now, and this is like a, not a bad thing. I'm not saying the con need to go cheaper. Like, I get it; it's a business. I'm not going to sit here that like, well, how dare we pay money? Totally get it. The price is the price. It is what it is. But it's got to make it tough for some of these uh, for some of these fans because not everybody has a limitless budget for a comic con at any level and capacity. And you know, now you know if you're traveling, oh, it's, it's first we got to talk travel money. So is it airfare? Is it gas money? You're driving. Um, you got to book a hotel room, there's food involved, and then you got to make your decision. You walk on that con floor, where's my money going to go today? So is it, is it someone specific you're going to see? Is it Chris Evans you're going to see? Is it, you know, who is it? And then you got to spend that particular money. But what's intriguing is there are some cons where that don't seem to matter. I mean, Walker Stalker was the most unique thing I've ever seen. And it's a, it's a cool con, don't get me wrong. But it really is like set up for the autograph and the meet and greet portion of it with the cast of The Walking Dead. Um, but yet... While one would think that, you know, autographs are going to be this, well, that seems like a lot of money to ask to go get five people from The Walking Dead. Those lines Those were ridiculous. endless. Um, and I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't know the pricing on that, so I'm not going to sit here and say that, or try to make a point that, oh, I bet you The Walking Dead cast are gouging folks. I don't think that's the case, having met a few of them and having seen how they interact with their fans on a regular basis. But, you know, some of those guys are commanding top dollar, and that's okay. You, you've earned it. You're, well, I mean, you're big on TV, but that's a lot of bread to spend. Yondu ass a lot, but he makes it worth it. What's his name? Rooker? Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker. Rooker. Michael Rooker. Rooker, not Rooker. 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 And yes, Yondu. Mr. Spinning. Or Mary Poppins, y'all. Whichever one you want. Mr. Spinning. Mr. Spinning is good, it'll too. Always yeah. be or Mr. It'll always be Mr. Spinning. Or Alan, um, Alan of the Dark Half. I don't want to mess up the language. Is that a Pang Warner? He plays a sheriff in that. That's when mm. I first ran into him. But, yeah, I, I know he was, he, he asks a lot, but he also makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's had a bad interaction that I've spoken to with Mr. Spinney. Um No, he seems like a lot of fun in his line. And and what you were saying, Walker Stalker was fun. It was different. For, Very different. For yeah. a quote-unquote comic con, it was different. Because it was, it was a meet and creep, and, oh, there's there's comics as well. A little bit. Yeah, it was, I was going to say, it's, it was definitely, you want to talk about merchandising layout. When you go to a con and there's your specific vendor room and your specific artist alley, um, definitely a reduced footprint of that at Walker Stalker. That, that showed um, when you think about how many booths, not to mention how many people from The Walking Dead they pulled in there. I mean, I remember, gosh, they had, I mean, they had everybody. I, just, I remember folks from like season one that were, you know, smaller characters. Mm-hmm. There's a booth for them. And that's actually cool that they respected the entire cast like that at any level. I mean, the Comic-Con section of San Diego is pretty damn small. Like, really small. Well, and, I mean, I know local... Uh, Mile High Comics out here doesn't—they're not going anymore. The post they put a couple. Yeah, and and, back. and 
you know, they, in their post, they said, you know, are we even going to be missed? Probably not. And there was definitely, there was a huge hole where their booth should have been. Mm-hmm. For sure. The first day I was like, oh, that's where Mile High was supposed to be. And then they filled it up. But yeah, they they were missed by me. Which is fair. I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to see something at home. It's, out there, yeah, sure. it's, exactly. It's nice always to see something homegrown at any place you go to. And it's, and it's tough to talk about this, too, because, you know, it's like, we're, you know, we're going to be at Never Comic Con, and it's, 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 it's a con that you love, but you know that they're facing some of those same, I think, I think you're right about facing pressures, because how do you balance that, you know, with having people that are great names, but also make sure that, you know, the charity is protected, um, and it doesn't become a cash grab like some cons have become. And there are some that really are, unfortunately, you know, just get them in, hurt them in, mm-hmm. and do that, you know, and that's... I mean, that is what is, again, business opportunity. Take advantage of it. I get it. But, I mean, Denver Comic Con has always been about family and kids, first and foremost. That is very true, yes. So, I mean, regardless of who they bring in, it's still mostly about getting kids interested in art and reading comics and reading, period. It is, and that does, that differentiates it a lot. But well, you see some of those same pressures, though, because oh, I mean, well, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, the funny thing is, I don't, I don't put this on the cons at all. That's 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 what makes this interesting enough is that you could sit here and be like, well, it's the cons' fault, and it's easy to blame the con itself, but you can't because really, it's the matter of this is what the fans demand. You know, if if, if they're not getting a big name, the fans don't deem it worthy enough, um, <laughs> which is kind of silly because that's not what. This was about when it started out, when we all started doing these things and seeing mm-hmm. these things and shows. It was about going out and having a good time with friends. And if you if you had dinner sitting next to David Prowse, that was cool. Um, it, it was kind of that. I don't want to call it an afterthought. I started. It was just it was part of the experience. And I feel now that it's it's definitely evolving. I think there are still a lot of Denver cons that haven't shifted away from that. But I've definitely been to some other ones around the nation too now that I'm seeing a, a, a difference in. That's for sure. Well, what's nice about Denver Comic Con, in one respect, I guess, is that. Yeah, it, it shuts down at seven, but it just shifts over to the hotel neighboring the, the hotel. Or no, it really yeah. does, doesn't it? So you just go over there and you can now run you into don't, anybody. Over yeah, there. you don't have to pay to talk well, to anybody have. over there. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. what, was it dinner with Ever James? Almost you mm-hmm. lucky duck. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to sit at the bar and buy somebody a drink. I, I mean, I had dinner with a horror dude. Thank you. But that's I mean, cool. She, we didn't, we weren't at the same table, but she sat next <laughs> to me. And I gave her the I gave her the gang sign and everything. Gang the, the sign. The gang sign. Is there an apprise that I'm not aware of? Or? The, the, the the live long and prosper. Oh, okay. It's a this. gang sign, man. Can you do that? <laughs> I, want, I want to see this. Actually, guy. I want to see you do it. Oh, look at that! Hey, you did it. Look at that. All right. Wow. I guess I guess it, you're supposed to do it backhand at somebody, right? Um, I think it depends what Vulcan faction you're talking about. I mean, like East Side Vulcan, maybe West Side's different. <laughs> that would be like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even I can't get my hands to work like oh, that kind of, yeah sure there we go yeah. <laughs> boy if you guys could see what's happening right now uh, yeah hand signals don't make very good radio no they don't it's that awkward silence mm. that breaks it up pretty well yeah, so. yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean but the, the other shifts that are happening aside from maybe not a lot of comics at comic cons is uh, now costuming changes cosplay has become a huge thing at Comic Cons. It really has. And it really has taken on life of itself. In its recent years, looking at Phoenix from two years ago, I think it was Phoenix. Um, you know, no weapons. 
weapons uh, at Comic Cons mm-hmm. has be- become a huge thing that you can't bring now. Yes, it has. And yes, it has. Depending on which faction of cosplayer you are, it either affects you greatly or it has no effect on you. Well, I think that's one of those you're damned if you do and damned if you don't choices. Because I know it was a big controversy when Denver did, you know, hey, we're getting that out of the way. And there was the immediate backlash, and there were those that supported it. Supported it wisely. I mean, I have a lot of cosplayers that flat out said, you know what, if it's that big of a deal, then go do your photo shoots outside and then get what you need there and then come on in and have a good time. And that makes sense to me. Um, and there's others that you know that I think if I think it, if Denver Comic, either way they had gone, if they had not done it, there would have been an outcry for it just because people want to feel safe going to these events, and, and that's rightfully so. It's a lot of people. You want to have a good time and do your thing and go home and, and enjoy, enjoy a cheeseburger. But um, I don't know if you can win that one ever on any side that you put it to. It's, it's, it's just one of those endless debates that's never going to be properly addressed, I think. We can't please everybody. No, you can't. Actually, this is a good point to put up a side note. Um, for all of you out there and all of you Denver Comic-Con fans out there, you may have seen an unfortunate post on the web that someone had created a fake link from fox31.com. It's a fake link because it says fox31.com.co.xy.zz. It's, it's, it's wrong, but it said that Denver was banning face masks as well. That you couldn't put a mask on for your costume. So if you want to be Kylo Ren, sucks for you. You just got to wear the robe. Um, yeah, it's actually DCC. Well, I mentioned the fact that it is uh, as fake as they come. They didn't have any part of it either. So, But there was some ire I saw on the web about, well, this isn't funny. Why would they make a joke like that? But, well, they didn't. Um, that's for sure. So it seems like there's just some... Some folks wanting to be uh, still pissy about the weapons ban. Well, you know, I, I did I did <clears throat> cosplay in Seattle, and there was a big sign inside the convention center that said, "If you are wearing weapons, carrying weapons, uh, we suggest you put them away outside of the convention center." And I I just totally disregarded that statement entirely, and walked around with swords and fake guns. This was your your Deadpool getup, correct? Yes. Yeah walking around the city streets of Seattle as Deadpool. And I was approached by some very nice police officers that uh, wanted to inspect said weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, understandable. Yeah, totally understandable. And I, I got it, but I was just like, it's the Comic-Con, man. Like, they're clearly fake. But I get it. You're doing your job. Thank you for protecting the peoples. But they, they actually enjoyed the fake guns. I thought they were pretty funny. They made noise and stuff. The guns did. <laughs> that's not the water bottle. Well, you're a character then, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, so, I mean, that, it's just a kind of a sign of the time. You no, know, I think you're right. It 2012, is. nobody would care whatsoever if you were walking around downtown Denver as Deadpool with swords and guns and grenades and everything. Nobody would care. But, you know, I, I think last year I saw if you got anything that looks like a weapon, don't you might as well put it in a bag, put it away if you're yeah. walking around the streets because we're now all paranoid people. I mean, no, that's a, actually, that's a we're really, not really good point. Par- I guess we're not really paranoid people, but it's sad that something that you said, there's there's all these people coming to events and we actually have to go into it with a, 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 a water droplet of fear that something might happen. Yeah, you know, and it's. Um, I, that, I don't yeah. even know if that's the right words for it, but like, no, that's that's exactly the right words. I mean, I think you're right. That's one of the. Yeah, it's it's when it gets that big, it goes back to exactly what we've been talking about. I mean, again, this was a very homely thing at first. You know, it was just like, hey, cool, hey, there's Josh, hey, there's so and so. You just go and you see all your buddies, and and it's a good time. Um, but now it really has grown, and I mean, and again, it's it's the power of the fans. It really is when everybody's demanding these things and everybody's going to these cons. It just 
these are progressions that unfortunately come with it, whether you like it or not. Um, and it is, it is definitely a different feel in that respect to anyone you go to now because of how big they've become. I mean, this is a huge deal now. It's, you know, people plan a whole year on this stuff now. They really do. Well, I mean, Scotty, as, as an art chaser, that's the, what I'm, you know, deeming you. Yeah, um, you do have some seriously I'm, sick art in your collection. An art artists. horror. An art horror. Let's get it right. I mean, what, what, how, how do you feel? That's with actually all classy. The, <laughs> wow. With all the different you know, conventions and, and art shows and whatnot that you've been to, what are you seeing? I mean, are you seeing the vendors take over, you know, from your perspective? Well, like, for me, I'm, I'm not huge into comic books, so I don't usually spend any time looking over at the vendor stuff unless there's an artist that got well, what kind I mean of by back vendor, in. What I mean by vendor is like the t-shirt vendor and, and the and the backpack vendor and you know, th- those vendors not not mm-hmm. the creators i'm talking about like the people that just come in with merchandise so basically all the booths we got to get through to get to artist valley the food yes gotcha. yeah whomever does all the pops figures funko yeah but yeah, you know that's what i'm saying like, they you, are hard to resist those types of vendors as mm-hmm. opposed to creators and artists that's the question again so, as someone that's an art whore, as you deemed yourself. Yes. And the B-movie Baron. And the B-movie Baron. Thank you. From your perspective, what are you seeing at conventions? Are you seeing these vendors, like we're the t-shirt vendor, the, 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 the fidget spinner vendor, you know, are they taking Deadpool over? fidget spinner! <laughs> are they taking... Get your red hot Deadpool fidget spinner! <laughs> are they taking over the shows before you... Like, I want your perspective, <clears throat> as someone that chases the art... Are you finding it harder to find the artists at at conventions? Well, for me, for question. but an important uh, one. So, and before we, you start, start, I'm not putting all that on your business cards. Bearing movies and art horror—that's like way too much, bro. So we'll have to find a way to summarize that better. The Just on a side note, yeah. I quit again. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Don't tell me what we can and can't do here. We can do whatever we want. Why is your business card on a four by six? <laughs> Man of a lot of hats. Scott Edwards Esquire, Baron of B movies, and <laughs> Artemis Hortimus. That's two pages of a hologram. <laughs> well, uh, so let's start with like Denver Comic Con when it first came into existence. It was about a 50 50 split between. You know, the actual vendors and the artists, which was a good split to have because you could, and it was actually kind of combined. It was open. It was, yeah. They, they had a lot of space yeah. the first year because they didn't They have, didn't know how much right. they or how much yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't 115,000. No. No. One, which is, you know. And everybody was approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of as it progressed... And, you know, I would say it was more of a 60-40 split, vendors to artists, which was, it's still a pretty good split. Um, this year, or this past year for Denver Comic Con, they actually added more artists than they've ever had before, which was great, but still it didn't have that same kind of feel from the first year because those aisles got condensed, and you would get up close and very personal with, a lot of people if you found a good artist booth to go talk to. But no, I, I, I see where your point is, though, coming, kind of looking at the vendor stuff, because the vendor stuff is massive. And a lot of the smaller artists, I mean, you know, you get the little table apron or whatever to show, showcase a little bit, but you can't compare 
with the t-shirt vendors, the pop vendors, uh, the mystery box vendors. And that's what I'm saying. That's I think that's where and that's where everybody flip. Yeah, you need to put the artists and creators first. You put them right at that opening door. Yes, yes. Yep. because it's a comic con, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not I'm not poo pooing on any show out there. I'm just saying, from my perspective, I think the floor plans should 180 flip. No, it's, it's what we've been talking about. It's not the con, it's the demand, and that's what people right. are, I want, I have, I'm here to get all these pops. And right. we're I'm all guilty here, of it, too. I mean, that's right. the whole I'm, thing. I'm, I'm here to get like, the yeah. Deadpool back. Man, 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 I'm getting this, mm-hmm. this, and this. Um, and that's, that's part of that piece. And I've seen some cons, too, where, I mean, I think, I think, I think the sheer volume of people was what kind of caused that problem last year for Denver Comic Con, because it was just so many people. That Friday was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, they did widen those aisles, but you're right, it was just so many human beings that are just coming through. But I have seen cons and shows where, it's a 70, no, more like an 80, 20. And then it's just, you know, four foot tables and three people in that four foot table. And that's all you can do for that particular artist. And that's, that's less of that would be good to see in, in shows going forward. Um, because that's just not, that's not feasible at all for some of these guys. I mean, we've got some, we know some great artists that, you know, have some great art that needs to be displayed and four feet of table is just not going to no, cut it. Everybody should have a six foot table. Yes. At least, least. Mm-hmm. at least, um, and can we have Podcast Valley back, like officially? Oh, that would be nice. Instead of, instead of that back room and well, instead of from be, the world. being told it's not there, but then you'll show up and it's there. <laughs> Last I mean, year just, it was a little rough for the podcast. Well, it, it was a little rough for everybody because they even changed all the table numbers and mm. that kind of thing. Didn't have the actual signage up to indicate where everybody was. It's going to be correct this year because they have everything. Right. But last year, well, I mean, these, it, these... It, it just got it got too big too fast. Sure. I think that's a, the downfall of a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. This Philadelphia show that the Points of Interest worked for, uh, it went from a really, really tiny show to it's, it's pulling in some huge names. And one that hasn't been announced yet that is it's huge it's a huge name for a tiny show to be pulling in is it Rocky Balboa it's about as epic okay I like I'll tell you when we're when we stop recording <laughs> I think I have a guess we're gonna talk yeah that's I think I know okay uh, but it's it's epic and and it's it, it's cool to, to have it now from my perspective of being involved in a show as opposed to just covering it as well. It's, it's, it's crazy. So that's gotta be a very different change. It's a, it's a, in a good way, in a, in a good way, in a lot of sense. And then it's just like, I'm not qualified whatsoever to be as involved as I am, but you fake it till you make it. Sometimes you have to. I mean, it got me this far. Got me three marriages. <laughs> so yeah, I hear you. Really? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Still riding the zero train on that one. But, but, but I mean, like, it's a good joke. I'm not a trained journalist yet. Somehow, we're, we're you know we're we're doing these things. I mean, you're you're. I think John, you're probably the most qualified journalist of the three of us that are in this room right now. Based sure on a compliment or insult. Ba- ba- based <laughs> on what you've told me in the past. Yeah, based on what you've actually done in your history. You know, you've been right. on the sidelines. You've been taking pictures for all your life. You've been writing 
anything and everything you have. And then here comes Scotty and me going like, well, if Kevin Smith can podcast, we can do it too. And, well, Kevin and, Smith was always like that, though. But, but you know, you want to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know I mean saying, right? for him, period. Like, he was always just like, it's always effort with Kevin Smith because he's like, I want to do this. And then he goes and makes clerks and it makes a jillion dollars. Right. Well, um, or Tusk, which, you know, we added the run for him, but he made it. Or Yoga Hoji, just like, screw it. I want angry sausages in a movie. And and there it is. <laughs> God, <laughs> that was that's, such a bad movie. That's how he rolls, though. He, but, you know, he does what he wants, though. That is cool. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I, I think that's, you know, And thank you for the compliments. And. In, in, 2012, when I met you, JB, you know, it, there was thrown a, a word around of the word of Voltron, right? That oh, yeah. Thrown yeah, around yeah, a lot. And it was, what it, for me, what it was representing, instead of trying to be, you know, competing websites, do you know, kind of trying to cover the same thing, why not join forces because everybody's stronger in numbers? And we, you know, five years later, six years six later, now, now, six years later, you know, we're still, we are two different websites doing totally two different things, yet we can come together and join forces and get things done together. Yeah. No, we can. It's, it's, it's nice. It really is. And, and that all evolved, to bring it back, that all evolved from going to these conventions and meeting, exactly. up, and, and exactly. meeting up with like-minded people and somehow getting back to my original point, getting press passes out of it. Like I, I'm not a trained journalist. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm faking it until I'm making it. Mm-hmm. Well, six years is a pretty good fake to make time for it. Well, I mean, I guess at six years, there is some credibility there. <laughs> so yes. I hope so. Yes, there is. So. There's a lot of hard work that you've done behind the scenes. Yeah. Done a good job. Now. Well, I mean, it's, people it's, start to recognize and they're like, okay, well this Josh Hawks character but yeah, but I mean, like we're not sitting here trying to you know blow smoke up each other's butts. I mean, it's just like this is just something we just kind of started falling into doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not because this is this is a good time to reflect. I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, I appreciate the fact that nobody's bashing any cons on this because, and other than having you know procedural crit- criticism, which are expected. Think, but I mean, this is this is kind of a celebration too because you know I I'm with you. I, I, I wish it was still more of that. Let's go get a bunch of like-minded folks together. Um, but it's almost impossible now because there's just such a throng of attendees that it's it's almost how do you? Well, I mean, cosplay is really like I said, it, it's its own animal. It's really it's on an up up turn. Yeah. yeah, it's on an upturn, and people are really falling into it of all ages. Yeah, like, parents that is and very grandparents, true. Grandparents and grandparents being like, you know, I've always wanted to dress up like Lucy Arnaz. Why not? Why not? Why yeah, not? there you go. Ricky and Lucy, ready to go. You know, or, or, or what have you. And I, I think that's great, and it's awesome. On the flip side of that, though, that these shows have gotten so big. 100,000-plus people for a weekend is insane. It's cool, but it's also scary sometimes. Right. When you think yeah. about When you see those doors, you're like, oh, my God. Okay, so what, five years of Denver Comic-Con? Same time as both of us, so six. So six. Okay, six years of Denver Comic-Con. Five of those years, well, okay, so four of those years, because we haven't got to this year yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. So four of those years, Friday has always been Reconnaissance Day. Because Yeah, most cons day one is that. Be, because, right. But also on the flip side of that, it's just because there's, you know, I'm being super exaggerative, there's like a thousand people at the show. Yeah. So you can kind of walk around, figure where things out, get the lay of the land. Yeah. And then Saturday happens, and everybody shows up. And Saturday is a happening, that is for sure. Last year... Friday was almost the happening day. 
yep. over Saturday. Yeah, once he hit noon, that was that was mm-hmm. something else, man. Like all of a sudden, just every boom. artist, everybody that I talked to, was like, "I'm like halfway to booth already." <laughs> like that's insane for a Friday. Yep. At Denver, and I'm not again. It's not a bash. But to hear that people are already halfway or a quarter way to yeah. booth, but exactly so that's the thing is that it's it's the it's it's the mentality of the con that is driving the fans to just drop that cash, and it, it just it's one of those things. Either you, I hate to say it, and maybe this is part of it too, is you either conform to it, or that is what gets you out of the way. That could be. I mean, you, know, you got to get it puts pressure. I mean, and I think that's part of it. Some of these cons that have faded in the last year or so that weren't for you know simply just I want to do something else in life. Um, I think that's part of it. Is you know what? How do we go out and get so and so? Um, and we, we can't afford that. And we can't do it. And if we get him, we can't get the venue and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of little things that go into that. Um, I mean, they, you know, a public statement could say we can just no longer do it, but we don't know the exact details of what caused that, you know, what the finances were, that kind of thing. But it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough to try to compete with everybody like it because everybody's fighting for the big names. Um, and that's just the sign of the times. Everybody wants that, which, though, brings us to a great closing point for the whole thing. What do you guys think needs to change to bring back some of that cozier mentality? As we ponder in silence. Uh, just bringing it back to locals, creators, and, and the, the artists. Yes, the comics, the comics are always going to be there. It's a Comic-Con. But I think to get to, to your point, to get back to just hanging out with friends and having a, a specialty beer, you know, <laughs> by some local brewery. Razz and Rock this year. That is, you know, I, I'd say a... You know, they're probably three for five on their hit and miss ratio on beers. Um, I think that's because you and I don't like wheats. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, it's, I think that's how you get back to that, that more 2012 feeling of just hanging out and let's go talk to this artist over here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's buy some arts over there. Now, I tell people that want to go to get the arts, go on Friday. Go on Friday, get your arts, and then enjoy the rest of the show. Because if you try to get your arts on Saturday, you're you're you probably won't because you don't want to deal with the crowds. Well, and it's the same thing with trying to get your autographs from the big stars. But if you're gonna do it, you need to do it first thing when you get it, get there on Friday, so you avoid all those lines that you're gonna have on Saturday and Sunday. If they're there, some of those stars yeah. can't make it until yeah. Saturday, unfortunately. <clears throat> like I'm Clark Legress here, I think you can only do one day, which happens because he's got such a busy schedule. Right, right. But, you know, regardless of when that that person that you want to see is there, you've got to plan early. Yeah, you got to yeah. be buns. You know, and, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like going to Disneyland now. You have, it, it might get to this point, I should say, where you can go to Disneyland, Comic-Con, and wait in lines and do your thing, or... You can go to the fast pass and get yourself a fast pass, <laughs> you know, to cut in line to, to do the, the thing that you want to do or see the thing you want to see. That's why they exist. And that's why they sell out so quick at every convention that I know like, that offers them. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I guess that's what the VIP is. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah, everybody calls it different. either a VIP or a goal experience. It's Speed Pass here at Denver Comic Con. Oh, but yeah. it is. But, I it, mean, but it's there. I didn't think about it. it no, but, well, you don't because, I mean, I mean it's not. Press is a different rule as it is. Right. Well, but, I, I was trying to put it into that Disney mentality there. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to the thing and you you know you hit the button so you can get your fast pass. Now, maybe you're putting on an idea that Disney's going to do its own Comic-Con. 
Because it could, because it owns it. They everything. did already do. <laughs> D23. I never had it. <laughs> I, mean, that's I didn't actually know that existed. Well, okay. Yeah, that's their Surprise. Uh, it's a Disney convention. Hmm. Things you learn. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Should change up, Scotty? Well, I, I I like how it's grown, but I, to Josh's point, get more back to the locals. Uh, local artists, local writers. I mean, we know countless ones. We do. From that the is cons true. Over the years, and you know, we've run into them at different cons, a specialty con, and then I see him going to more specialty cons and kind of exiting the Denver market because, for some unknown reason, the Denver market doesn't seem to like him as much anymore. So, you know, I, I like to see the local creators, anybody that has something to do with a comic book over one of these big-name stars that comes in and will sign for $100 a day. But to that point, is there not a show for that, that is mostly made up of local artists. There, there are different shows. I mean, like Rocky Mountain Con is mainly artists. And they've announced that this year they want to do a very old school con. Yeah. Something right. much more low key. I, I was thinking more of, of what, Dink. Yeah. Dink is 100% artist. Yes. Yes. And I think, I think that's, I think that's the evolution, quite frankly. I think what you're going to see is you're going to have your, your McDonald's and the bigger cons, if you will. And okay. then, you know, and then you're, your smaller shack, like, you know, the five guys, if you will, with smaller cons. I mean, I think Dink is, is a good pioneer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, really, it is because, I mean, it's, it's that. It's, you want art? Come to Dink. Um, I'm not sure exactly how Rocky Mountain Con is going to brand that old school con yet, but I look forward to seeing it. But I think it's going to be a similar idea. If you want some some that more of that low-key, chill weekend, come mm-hmm. on down to Rocky Mountain Con. That's exactly it. Um, I, think, I think the time is ripe for a resurgence of those specialty cons. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to do, but it doesn't necessarily, I think that's the problem though, is everybody's mentality is like, if someone wants to go out and do, because Denver needs, uh, with Mile High Horror Con and Colorado Horror Con at this point, quiet, um, and essentially gone, someone needs to do a Horror Con here, but I don't think it needs to be, we need to have, you know, the biggest of the big, that Robert Eggman's got to be at every single one, that you got to have someone from The Walking Dead every single time, why not just get a bunch of horror fans together and watch a crap little horror movies, um, that, yeah. that has that low-key, chill feel, and, you know, if you can get a couple of folks, like, you know, like, like the always awesome Jeff Reddick, who is a class act any kind of goes to, mm-hmm. you know, or guys like John Tiersten from Sleepaway Camp, you know, those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be, I'm not expecting to walk in there and meet Andrew Lincoln, but it'd be cool if I could meet somebody from the stuff. I'm not going to lie. You know, or one of the cast members of Chopping Mall. Mm-hmm. The stuff. The stuff, man. Oh, it's oh, ringing God. a bell. It's ringing a bell. It, it, it kind of looked like marshmallow fluff on uh-huh. the screen. It yep. sure did. Okay. I just got the brand new Arrow Blu-ray of that bad boy. I, I do believe I've seen this movie as a child. That's good. I, I that's a good sure. upper. Because that's it, it. Sounds too too familiar. I'll have to see the box art. I'll bring yeah. I'll bring it out to you. Don't you worry. That's for sure. But uh, but I think that's where it's going to have to go. Is I think locals are going to have to local local groups are going to have to step up and bring something like that. I just had a I had, this lightning just hit me in the penis. Um, <laughs> We should arrange a show just like that. I think so, know, huh? I don't know how we would do it. This is just podcast talking here. A little but, spitballing? What? A little spitballing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, we, we can totally do that. Be in competition with all these other shows. That would be amazing. To, like, get stepped, on, get it. stepped on by, like, other, <laughs> you know, big names in Colorado. That'd be great. We can take a look. Hey, no, can't say exposure. No. <laughs> well, exposure and just more so... I mean, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a horror festival 
happen again. That's for damn sure, because there really isn't enough of that. And there's a market for it, because I can't recall a mile high horror that I went to that wasn't jam-packed. You know, I think that's for sure. I think between all the people that we know, that could probably we could probably make this happen. And maybe that's how it goes. Is it just a bunch of buddies sitting in a basement, a la how DCC was somewhat founded as well? Um, you know, going, hey, we should just do this. Never know. And maybe that's future cons. There's a lot more people just sitting in a basement going, eh, fuck it, let's do it. Let's go make our own I didn't show. know we could cuss. I've been watching my mouth this whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have the explicit tag on iTunes for a reason, Josh. Was, that was the right time to drop one. Oh, oh I feel so much better. Yeah, now I, dropped that I know that I can already dropped the pee pee once. So, geez. <laughs> no, well, that's not a. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> well, you know, Howard Stern can say penis, and he's said it for Baba how many years? Baba Boy. Baba Boy? Yeah. Mm. I think this is when the podcast falls apart. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I think that we wrapped it up. We're pretty much there. So, so uh, on that note, then, before we just start dropping F-bombs into the air for no good reason, um, it seems like a good time to part ways. So, if anything, the State of the Union of Conventions is strong, but I think it's obvious from this room, and I think others of you out there agree, we would definitely like to see some of that homely feel again. Maybe it's uh, it's going to be up to us fans to just make that happen. So, until, uh, until next month, then, just uh, keep on geeking on, because that's the only catchphrase that I got for the moment. Nerds sure. that speak. Out uh, here at Nerds that speak, brought to you by Nerds that geek. Until next time.